I am a little confused, which is not all that unusual, but in this particular case, you'll understand why. Because remember back early this year, David Bowie died. And at the time that David Bowie died, there was an enormous outcry that he was one of, if not one of the truly most significant artists ever. The obituaries that were written for him painted a picture of a man who, boy, based on what we read, based on what we heard, may have been one of the most influential artists ever. But then George Martin died, the Beatles producer. And now, while David Bowie was left behind, George Martin was the biggest thing in music ever. He produced the Beatles. He was the guy behind the Beatles. And then we forgot about him because Alan Rickman died, who was from Die Hard and from Harry Potter and all the greatest actor, one of the greatest actors ever. And then Glenn Frey died. Well, we forgot about... George Martin, because now the lead singer for the Eagles, the founder of the Eagles, he was the biggest star we've ever seen. And then Gary Shandling died and we heard, well, he was so huge that he actually reinvented television. And then Merle Haggard died and we went, oh, this is the guy who was really the biggest name in old school country music ever. And then people's heads blew up when Prince died. Now forget David Bowie. Prince was truly the guy who was the biggest star in pop and rock music. He was the trailblazer, the, the artist, the visionary, all these things. David Bowie, secondary. Prince was way, way, way higher. Prince was everything. Well then, Morley Safer died and he was the greatest TV journalist, or at least one of them ever. And now I don't have to tell you what's going on with Muhammad Ali. I mean, it is just completely over the top right now. Writers and broadcasters are, are their heads are about to explode trying to out-eulogize each other, it seems. So what is going on? Is it me or have we apparently lost all sense of scale and context because everybody now is the biggest and best and most important and most valuable and most whatever? Dr. Scott Henderson is the chair of the Communications, Popular Culture, and Film Department at Brock University. Uh, He joins me now after a long day sitting in convocation. Dr. Henderson, appreciate the time today. Oh, pleasure, Scott. Um, Tell me something right off the bat. How can every single celebrity be the biggest thing ever? I think they're the biggest to whoever idolized them at the time. I mean, we've got, you know, the baby boomers are such a huge group, and I think back to my high school days, and there was always different cliques. There were the heavy metal guys. There were the punks. There were the old-time country kind of people. There was, you know, the funk and disco. So, you know, these groups had their biggest idols. And I think when somebody passes, you've got enough people eulogizing them, enough people who are going to reminisce and say they were the greatest ever. And, you know, there's enough other people out there, whether it's the Internet, magazines, radio, TV, who are going to say, yeah, they were for me as well. Did we always do this, though? Has this always been the way we've done it, or have we taken it up a, a step now with maybe with social media? Maybe it's because of the media access we have. But it seems that, you know, Doctor, when, when celebrities died in the past, we certainly read about them, we certainly saw them on TV, we talked about them, but not in the completely overblown, hyperactive way that we seem to be doing it now. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think social media is part of that. We can spread it further. We can all have our voice. I mean, I still remember when John Lennon was shot. I mean, you know, 
that that was shocking news. But you know, a lot of newspapers it was page two or page three, and you know there were major tributes, but it wasn't the way it is now. I mean, Muhammad Ali, you know, he went on any news website, and the whole front page was a big image of him, a series of his kind of classic quotes. And so, while social media is part of this, I think it's also older media, because these are stars who grew up in the media age. These are people for whom we have an abundance of footage, who we have an endless supply of quotes we can draw from, from whom we have interviews from television, from radio, online interviews, newspaper stuff. You know, so there's lots that we can pull from now that we couldn't in the past. So, so the, the fact that there is more makes it more accessible. Exactly. I mean, you know, in the past, you know, a, a star like Elvis passed away, and sure, that, that was big news at the time. But, you know, what footage do we have that kind of matched, you know, late 70s technology? You know, grainy black and white footage from his early days, and there wasn't an abundance of that around. Now, you know, we have a vast digital repository of, you know, these individuals that, you know, multiple news channels, different media sources, social media can tap right into. Well, and I, I, off the very top of the show, it's interesting you bring up Elvis. I suppose he's the classic example. But it, um, if he were to be alive and die today, how that would be covered today compared to then, not just with the social media, but I, I do have to believe that the commentary that would come with it would be, again, hyperactive. It would be far more over the top than we saw back in 1977 when he died. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know... One, again, there's just more media, and I think there's all these different voices competing to be heard. And we know we, you know, we live in a celebrity culture, and we know that celebrities sell. They, whether they drive click-throughs on the web, whether they get listeners into radio, viewers on television, buyers of magazines or special supplements. I mean, you know, it's become a big deal. And the boomers are still, you know, the biggest kind of consumer market that exists out there. They are still the largest kind of population chunk so that, I think media wants to sell to them. I think they, you know, so when one of their heroes passes, you know, they know there's a ready-made market for all of this. Do you think any part of this is the current media, and I'm included in this because, of course, I work for the paper and I do this, so I'm not excluding myself, but there, do you think there's a sense among a lot of the modern media that they want to be part of history? So any kind of moment in history they want to latch on to so they can, it's kind of a moment of importance for them. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, we live in a highly visual culture. I mean, you know, you look at the front page of newspapers now or, you know, their websites, you know, and, you know, they're kind of outdoing each other with, you know, if it's, if it's an Ali quote, what, what image can they back it up with? How can they package this and how can they sell it to us? And, you know, I, I think that's a big part. We, you know, media needs to keep working and, you know, keep attracting viewers, listeners, readers, and, you know, we know that this is what's going to attract them. Well, I, I remember the day that Barack Obama, the evening that Barack Obama was elected, and he walked out onto that stage in Chicago, I think, and there were so many people, and I, I looked at that, and I went, I don't know that it was Barack Obama, per se, that they were there to see. It seemed to me like many of them were there just to be part of history. It was a moment, and I, and I, I apply that to all these deaths that we're having now. It's a moment. Exactly. I mean, you know, with with Bowie, there was a number of spots that people showed up, especially around London, like places he'd lived, where he'd shot videos, where he performed. And, you know, I'm not, you know, 
belittling people's kind of grief or emotion about it, but I think you're right. People also want to feel that they're part of something. And this is, you know, I think in our contemporary culture become one of the ways in which we grieve. We have to make that big statement. We have to show that we care. We have to be there in the moment. And, you know, it works for the Obama aspect as well. Does it also, when considering that much of the mourning that people are doing or the grieving, as you describe it, is done on social media, does it sort of show for some people the just how deep they are? Like if, I, if I'm uh, uh, a Justin Bieber fan or a Justin Timberlake, well, that's kind of pop and mainstream. But if I really show that I was really into David Bowie, that just shows such a depth of my artistic side. And I'm so much more of a deep person than you silly little Justin Bieber fans. Oh, I, I think there was a big part of that. You know, it, it, it's interesting that, you know, there were a lot of younger social media users who maybe didn't know a lot about Bowie and learned something from that. But I think I think you're right, that there's an element, and it's always been there for pop culture, wasn't it? It's, you know, what T-shirt we wore into high school, into the cafeteria. Very important. It told people, this is what I listened to. Hey, you know, you've not heard of this band. I'm, I'm cool before you, you know, you're cool. And I think there's an element exactly. of that on social media still. Exactly. I yeah. I actually had a U two shirt back before I had even heard of them. But yeah. someone I had remember someone said how cool they were, and I didn't even know about them. But I had a U two T shirt, and I was like, yeah, I must be really ahead of the curve here. And and of course, it was just me being goofy. But um, th- there's also something, and I, I don't know if you're familiar with this term, but I, I was reading about this today. Uh, parasocial relationships that people are through celebrity through social media now they are believing somehow that even though they know they don't really have a relationship with a celebrity, there's almost a belief there that somehow they do. Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, some of the, the, the nature of social media encourages that. I mean, you know, we become friends with a celebrity on Facebook, right? You know, you know yeah. we, we see fans of a band, and, you know, bands I love, and I buy a ticket, and they come through town once a year, and I went and listened to them, but now we can, we can be their friends. And, you know, <laughs> you, know you, you get people who, you know, holy cow, you know, Prince just retweeted me. This is the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. Kind Which of is kind thing. of sad, really. It, it's sad, but it part, I think it's part of the kind of contemporary culture in which we live. I mean, we, we want validation, and mm. we do live in a celebrity culture, so validation by celebrities is way more important than you or I retweeting one of our friends. When suddenly someone that everybody knows retweets you, that's great. <laughs> well, it, it, so what does that say? When, when you're getting followed by a celebrity, is that cachet? Is that power? What, what would that be then with your social group if they see that, hey, look, I mean, uh, for example, uh, the TV in the studio right now is on and it's the Blue Jay game. Jose Bautista, if you were to send him a, uh, a request on Facebook or on Twitter, he will follow everybody. But when you can show people you've got Jose Bautista on your Twitter account, does that give you some sort of cachet or power with your friends? I, th- I think there's a degree of that. And, you know, it's, it's not far off that U2 t-shirt kind of analogy, right? It shows that, hey, I'm, I'm slightly above. I'm, I'm more cutting <laughs> edge. People, people recognize me because, you know, I, I'm the better fan somehow or I'm the more important fan. And, you know, it's, again, I, you know, we, we live in such a kind of disorienting society with digital media. I mean, you know, the world keeps getting bigger things seem more remote, as close together as we feel in some ways that we can contact people. So that, that kind of recognition, I think, is a bit of validation for us, that we're, we exist, we're important. You know, when you mentioned me and cutting edge, you know me obviously very well, because I am so cutting edge that this would, uh, that this would fit in exactly. Um, 
okay, so why then, when we get to the point when a celebrity dies now, though, why do we feel the need to seemingly go over the top? I mean, it's, of course we're going to write an obituary about their celebrity status, about their accomplishments, about what they did. But again, and, and maybe you disagree with my position on this, but it seems that we have gone to a point now when we are overstating almost everything. We are over-glorifying and over-arching who they were. Why are we doing this? Uh, I, mean, I think it goes back partly to that, you know, the first question you asked. I mean, I do think there's an element that you know every one of these celebrities matters differently to somebody else. If I was a, a sports fan who grew up in wide world of sports in the 70s, Muhammad Ali is probably one of the key figures mm-hmm. of, you know, of my childhood, of my, of my life. If I was you know, either a punk or a kind of art rocker, Bowie was the most important. If I was into funk and disco, maybe Prince was the most important. You know, so we can kind of track through. You know, but from a, I always think from a media point of view, I mean, again, it's a, a little bit of outdoing each other. You want to be yes. the media source that people turn to and say, hey, remember the, the coverage on you know, the cover of The Star or the cover of The Spectator this week? Wow. You know, people will grab that. Or you know, this website has an amazing tribute to Muhammad Ali. Let's go and check it out. And there are, uh, there are clearly, and you mentioned Muhammad Ali, he is a perfect example. There are clearly a handful of people in, on the planet who fall into the category where you're right. They, they really are larger than life. And so it makes all the sense in the world. I, I recall specifically um, the, the spectator covers and stuff when Princess Diana died. Uh, she, I would put her in the same category of someone who was just so immensely famous and so immensely popular that, yes, she would fall into the same thing. But again, with David Bowie, you're right. There was a clique. There was a group that knew him. Same with Prince. But it seems when the obituaries come out, everybody was a Prince fan. Everybody was a David Bowie fan. And if that's true, why did they not sell a whole lot more records? Yeah, well, that's always a great question because, you know, there's an interesting kind of, maybe it goes with that parasocial, but the attempt to kind of revisit, go, yeah, actually, you know, I I didn't like Prince in the 80s, but now I I respect what he did because he was a true artist. Because, you know, you see others kind of doing this and, you know, it, it, it takes the rare kind of iconoclast to, you know, go against the tide. I mean, you know, the stuff with the hip a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I forgot about that. That's true. Yeah, he, I mean, he's not dead, but abundance of people just raving about how much they love the hip. Once in a while, there'd be a dissenting voice saying, "Well, they weren't really that good a band to me." And you know, I'm not that. Th- you know, they're going out one last tour, but you know, and no one's being nasty about it, but saying, "Hey, you know, I I thought they were just kind of mediocre and average," and you know. And those people would kind of get roasted very quickly because everybody else is busy yeah. trying to outdo each other with the idolization. Yeah, you're a Philistine if you don't like the hip. Yeah, you know. Whereas, you know, if it had been two weeks earlier before we had this awful news, people may have sort of had the attitude, "Well, okay, you don't like them, that's your business." But now suddenly you're a contrarian when you're. Uh, Doctor Henderson, just before I let you go, what with all this, what does it say about a celebrity? if he or she dies and doesn't get an outrageously over-the-top obituary? I, I, I mean, well, it's too late for them to be disappointed. But, <laughs> I, think, but I, you know, I, I think, you know, whoever has their image rights, whoever follows, I think would be greatly disappointed. I mean, I think we kind of expect this. And, you know, we have competing moments like this, right? But I believe it was Farrah Fawcett died the same day as Michael Jackson. You're right. Right? If, if 
Michael Jackson hadn't died, we would have spent a lot more time talking about Sarah Fawcett and Charlie's Angels and her hairstyle from the 70s. But because Michael Jackson died the same day, we, we didn't really talk about it to, to that same extent. And, you know, we, we do live in such a celebrity-driven culture. And, you know, unfortunately, the law of averages, you know, the boomer celebrities are hitting the age range now where they are going to be dealing with illnesses. They, you know, these numbers aren't going to decrease. And we're soon going to have a lot more, I think, of these kind of the, the first real wave of media celebrities that kind of came out of that baby boom are starting to pass. I think this is a big part of what's playing out right now. For the record, uh, we should have spent a lot more time talking about Farrah Fawcett and looking at photos of Farrah Fawcett when she died than Michael Jackson. Just my opinion. (laughs) You don't have to jump in on that one. Dr. Scott Henderson from Brock University, Chairman of the Department of Communications, Popular Culture and Film. Really appreciate the time today. Thanks for doing this. Okay, thanks very much, Scott. Take care.